spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. And welcome into this week's edition of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. A loaded show today. We'll hear from Tulane head coach Willie Fritz. We'll hear from Ole Miss head coach Elaine Kiffin as uh, we'll talk about the Rebels' big 73-7 win over Mercer. Thanks to our good friends at Learfield and Dan Kortz and the rest of the crew for providing the highlights of the Ole Miss radio network. Then we'll turn the page over to Tulane. We'll hear from head coach Willie Fritz and talk about the Tulane Green Wave. A 37-7 win over South Alabama. They start 1-0, and and they're geared up. I mean, they're fired up. And you know what? They have every right to be. they got a lot of players coming back from last year. We'll hear from Coach Fritz as he's got practice rocking and rolling. Get you ready for a Saturday kickoff, 2.30 on ESPN2. Dave Pash will have the call alongside Dusty Vorchek and Tom Luganbill on the sidelines. I want to thank our sponsors today, our real estate agent, Debbie Johnson. She's our real estate agent here on the Believe It On Miss podcast. She can be yours today. If you're looking for that special property anywhere in the state of Mississippi, but specifically in Oxford, and you're looking for that second home, maybe you're looking for a property to rent out, maybe you're looking for a brand new home, just give Debbie a call, 662-689-0090. She's our real estate agent here on the Believe in Miss podcast, and she can be yours today. By the way, Debbie loves her Rebels, so we're grateful for her sponsorship. Also grateful for our sponsorship with College Corner. College Corner, brand new store. Just take Sisk Avenue, go towards Oxford High School, right past Wendy's on the left. It's the Oxford Commons. And there you'll see College Corner Store. It's a great store. It's got everything you can imagine inside. And they can get you ready for game day. Hats, polos, jackets, football, collars for your dog. You name it. Not in Oxford? No problem. Go to one of their locations in the Jackson metro area or go online to collegecornerstore.com. Also grateful for our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online where the game starts. Now is the time to get things cranked up if you like to bet on college football because right now we've got a 50% welcome bonus at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, that will save you on your very first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Also grateful for our sponsorship with The Rogue, The Rogue in Jackson. 
you know where the rogue is. Right when you're going through Jackson, you sit on the left, right off of I-55. The good part about the Grove, they've got a great collegiate selection. And what about that rep script? Oh, it looks good. Upper left chest, and they've got the polos that you love. They've got the quarter zips that you love because they got the logo that you love. Go buy the Rogue today and secure that perfect quarter zip and perfect polo for your game day needs. It was 73-7, to and there are a lot of offensive highlights for the Ole Miss Rebels, but none bigger than Trey Harris. Four touchdown receptions from quarterback Jackson Dart set a school record, and it was a big day for Ole Miss both on the ground and through the air. And the Rebels would open the scoring with a, yeah, you got it, a touchdown strike to Trey Harris. Stanley on the tackle for Mercer. Play action. Quick look near side. Caught. Headed toward the end zone to the left corner. Trey Harris. He gets there. The first Rebel to score in 2023 is the senior from Lafayette, Louisiana. And that's, of course, David Kellum, the voice of the Rebels on the call alongside Harry Harrison and John Darnell on the sidelines this year full-time as uh, Richard Cross is going full-time with ESPN. Our good friend Brett Norsworthy and, of course, Gary Darby take care of pre- and post-game duties for you on the Ole Miss Radio Network. You'll hear his name a lot, Trey Harris, once again. Quick pass on the hitch route, caught by Harris again. He breaks free twice, and he's in the end zone for the third time today. Well, it's a Trey Harris show so far, David Jackson. Dart threw it. A slant route inside, came back to the quarterback. The Rebels would extend the lead to 28-7. Quinchon Juck is right up the middle for one yard and an Ole Miss touchdown. The snap again, it's Judkins again. He punches it in the end zone, and somebody else has got a TD besides Trey Harris. Quinchon Judkins with the score, his first of 2023, and the Rebels go up 27-7. to The Ole Miss defense would get in on the action. Liberty transfer Dejon Anthony would return a pass, and the floodgates are open as Rebels open up a 45-7 lead over Mercer. Second down and 13 for Mercer. Empty set here. Quick-looking pass. Overshot and picked off by the Rebels. It's Anthony that's got it. He's going to try to return it the other way. Got some blockers in front. He'll be slung down around the 27-yard line. And Dejon Anthony. Ren, not a good punt at all. And Watkins runs up, grabs it, splits defenders. He's at the 40, 45, 50, the far sidelines. He's to the 40. He might take this one. He's at the 25, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Jordan Watkins. You could smell it coming on that low punt. Short kick. David got through that first line of defenders and then got in the open field, kicked it out to the Mercer sideline and turned on the jet. By the way, that's the first punt return for a touchdown since 2013. And Harry Harrison lead him into the end zone. I don't know how good that was in an impression, but anyway, 2013 in Austin against the Texas Longhorns. Jeff Scott, I know you remember him. He was a great returner. And Ole Miss took a 45-7 to lead over the Mercer Bears. And why not? Number four, Trey Harris, touchdown Ole Miss. Ethan Wade wide right. Judkins off the right shoulder of Dart, but he puts him in motion. Dart takes a snap, lots of time, right over the middle. Harris, he's got his fourth touchdown of the day. Caught it at the one, spun into the end zone for six, and the Rebels strike again. Ole Miss running back Matt Jones to get a one-yard score to close the scoring out, 73-7. to Boy, it was a big day for that Ole Miss offense. Run to the line, first and goal from the one. Howard is going to hand it off and straight ahead and plunging into the end zone, it appears. They haven't signaled yet is Matt Jones. Yep, he's in there. there. Now they throw the arms up. Touchdown, Rebels. There we go. Good job, Darren. Good drive. 
What a game. And, and at one point, Jackson Dart was 11 for 11 throwing the football. Uh, the offensive line looked really good. Uh, we saw a lot of Victor Kearney, by the way. And I don't know if that was by design. You know, we didn't see Jalen Williams start. But, you know, Victor Kearney is a guy that's been battling uh, Eli Acker. And, and by the way, talking about offensive line, you uh, you have to appreciate Reese McIntyre. He's a guy that came in and, and we were told that he was going to kind of be the, the guy that can kind of fill in. I do believe that's true. But he, uh, boy, he's been battling. And, you know, you, you wonder about Caleb Warren is we talked about in the Red and Blue Crew podcast with David Johnson. You know, Caleb Warren's been dealing with a right-hand issue. This could be an issue or situation to where we see Caleb Warren uh, maybe sit out a couple plays and Reese McIntyre come in. Uh, I, I've just been very impressed with, with Victor Kearney leading this team. Uh, and, of course, Jeremy James has been playing well. But Micah Pettis, you know, quietly has had a pretty good game. And, once again, it, and people keep saying this, and it's true, but but it's Mercer, and I get it. But still, though, you have to play the game. You have to do things right. And we didn't see those, those um, you know, ridiculous penalties. We didn't see a lot of the offsides. We didn't see, you know, a lot of the penalties that you would see that you just don't play discipline. Kind of what we saw with Florida and Utah. I mean, Florida uh, did some really, you know, boneheaded things that, to, that didn't allow them to win the game. So, you put this one away. It's a win. It's an FCS pro, an opponent, one you should have win, uh, won against. Ole Miss did that. Now you turn the page to Tulane, a team that Ole Miss hasn't faced since 2021. Of course, we remember, 61-21 to 21 after a big delay. Uh, had a big rainstorm. And uh, it's, a, it's a series that Ole Miss leads 42-28. to 28. And uh, it's a series that, you know, this is the first year they played at Yulman. Every other year Ole Miss has played um, down at Tulane, they played in the Superdome. And it's been – uh, for lack of a better word, a home game for Ole Miss. And it's uh, well, it's not going to be that way. Not going to be that way on Saturday. And I, like I said, I, I do think the Ole Miss will have a nice crowd. I think Ole Miss will have an excess of five to 8,000 people. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a two-lane home game. But I've said it you know, once and I'll say it again, and this is absolutely nothing against Willie Fritz and nothing against uh, the two-lane green way. But here's the thing. If you can't go to two-lane and win – how in the world can you say that you can go to Auburn, that you can go to Mississippi State, that you can face Vandy at home, uh, that you can face Arkansas A&M at home, LSU at home, Alabama on the road, Georgia on the road, and win those games? You just can't say it. Uh, so this is a situation where you have to go down and take care of business and come back and face a Georgia Tech team. It's going to be a lot better than last year. It's Brent Key. They looked okay against Louisville, you know, played well early. Louisville kind of ran them there at the end of the game, but it's going to be a much better Georgia Tech team. It's not going to be the one that Ole Miss faced last year. I'm excited. I'm excited to to, to be able to go to Yeoman Stadium. Um, I've I've driven by it. We've got – Melissa and I have family and friends down in New Orleans, so I've been able to drive by the stadium. I've actually seen it, but I've never been inside of it, and I've never obviously seen a game. So I'm excited about seeing a new stadium. I'm always excited about going to New Orleans. So, I think it's going to be fun. I've said all along, I think the Rebels win by a couple of touchdowns, but I don't think this is, you know, close at the end of the game as it is as it's going to be in the earlier parts of the game. I just think that Ole Miss defensive front and offensive line is going to wear down Tulane. I really do. And, once again, I think Ole Miss is going to be able to, to kind of do what they want to offensively. I am interested to see about the Ole Miss defense. So Terry and Perkins look great at linebacker, but what about what about the other guys? 
who is someone that might step up. And, you know, I, I like Cedric Johnson lining up. I thought he had a lot of pressure on the Mercer quarterback, but, you know, he missed some tackles. And he didn't break down. And so he had a lot of hurries, but, you know, didn't, didn't, get, didn't get in the backfield which as much as I thought he should. It's going to be interesting to see a couple things, obviously, defensively, what Ole Miss does against Michael Pratt, the quarterback. Now, he's obviously injured, and they do not have the, the talented running back that they beat USC with in the Cotton Bowl last year. Something to monitor. We talked to Maddie Hudak on the Red and Blue Crew podcast. She named all three running backs. It's going to be essentially running back by committee. And I think they're, they're, they're key to beating Ole Miss is they're going to have to have some turnovers, but I think they've got to go to the air and go after that Ole Miss secondary. And is it is it going to be ready? We saw Robinson, the transfer from Liberty, as we heard in the highlight package, he got a you know got an interception. So I think there's some talent there. But it's Ole Miss Tulane. My goodness, there's a lot of history there. It's a lot of fun, a lot of great games of the past. And what else could you ask for? College football in the state of Mississippi. Mississippi versus the state of Louisiana. It's been so much fun. And by the way, have yourself a good meal if you're going down to the game. As we said earlier, Tulane coming off a big win over South Alabama. Here's Tulane head coach Willie Fritz on what he's expecting when the Rebels roll to town on Saturday. In the game, uh, probably the best thing we did, you see it on the stat page, but you don't, maybe maybe some of you noticed it and some of you didn't, but we had, we had the ball for 13 minutes and 42 seconds in the fourth quarter. And uh, they, they had a minute and 18. So we, we dominated the, the fourth quarter and, and uh, that's one of our goals every week. I don't know if I've ever had that big of a discrepancy in time in the fourth quarter like that. So that was, that was really good. I, you know, obviously uh, uh, Michael played really well. Uh, conference player of the week. Uh, I thought towards the end of the ball game, we ran the ball well. Uh, you know, did a good job uh, with the offensive line, getting some good push. Uh, I thought defensively we were very opportunistic. We had five takeaways, which is outstanding. Uh, you know, didn't give up. Uh, very many big plays. I think we had one play over 20 yards in the game defensively. And then for the first game, you always worry about special teams kind of coming in and off the field. Uh, I thought we did a pretty good job of substitution, understanding situations. Had a couple milk situations with our field goal teams. And they really executed that well. Uh, so for the first game, you know, there's a lot of things to be pleased with. Uh, Obviously, we got a you know, tough ball game this weekend. You know, we're going to be a sellout here at Yeoman Stadium. Ole Miss, uh, you know, a very strong team, big, tall, long, fast. Uh, you know, really, really took care of business last Saturday. So we're going to have to play a lot better than we did last Saturday. Can you say anything about Brian? He's fine. I got one guy I'm going to. Unfortunately, Corey Platt is going to be out this weekend, so we'll find out the extent. Otherwise, all hands on deck. I think it's going to be great. I think it's, it's going to be uh, 
outstanding. I just, you know, I, I've gotten a ton of phone calls. This might be good for me to say it right here. Please keep quit calling me. Uh, everybody keeps wanting tickets. I say it's a sellout. Well, all I need is one. It's a sellout. I just need one. It's a sellout. There aren't any more tickets. So, uh, you know, that's uh, uh, that's great. We're, we're very, very excited about it. So are the players. Oh, I think there's a, a lot of differences. Uh, you know, that was that's probably uh, one of the longest days of my life. <laughs> we went there and we were, uh, I, I made a mistake of bringing every single player on our team to the game. The locker room is about as big as this room right here. And we were, I think we had a four hour delay, something like that. So it was uh, not very good on my part. I should have thought about that, not brought 120 guys for a locker room that probably was made for about 50, you know, and then it was pouring down and everything else, and then they were, they were on fire. They, they got after us. They did a good job. So hopefully a lot of difference. What, what do you think you've improved the most in, you know, it's kind of, and what did that game tell you, Coach? Which that game's that? The Ole Miss game. Two years, oh, two years ago. Oh, just uh, I thought we had a tough time with, uh, you know, just getting lined up with the tempo and some things like that, and we, we've worked on that a bunch. So that's probably one thing I, you know, there's a lot of differences, you know, new, new play caller on offense, uh, you know, it's, it's coach, uh, their head coach's scheme, but I think they got a different play caller defensively, new coordinator, uh, new coordinator and special team. So a lot of different philosophies that they're doing right now. So, you know, we got, you know, when, you, when you're playing these games early in the season and you got new people on the other side who are calling things, you got to look at, you know, where they were at last year, the year before that, and then, uh, you know, and then also game one. Obviously, he's a different player than he was. What's that? Obviously, he's a different player than he was two years ago, but Michael Pratt barely had 170 passing yards. What do you need to see out of him Saturday to have a better chance? Oh, just, you know, hey, it's, it's making good decisions. You know, it's, it's always the key. You know, there's there's so much on the quarterback. and You know, we got to do a good job putting the game plan together. You want it to be complex, but not too complex. And luckily, he's a smart guy. Uh, Jackson Dart, uh, the guy that's a returning starter for Ole Miss, had a really good game last week. Just can you say what you've seen from him on film? Maybe what impressed you about Dart? Well, he can run run really well too. You know, a lot of people uh, at one point in time they were, uh, you know, really people would consider that style of offense to be a passing offense there there were I think they were third in the nation last year rushing the ball you know so they really run the ball effectively and uh, the quarterback's a big part of that and, and then he throws it great too you know got a lot of experienced guys back there they got second team guy is uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the history of Oklahoma State third team guys really good player too so they got they got some excellent depth there Well, you know, it's just the one thing you want to try to do is you stay over the top. You know, there's three types of leverage over the top, outside in, inside out, and that's it. The most important one is over the top leverage. And we've got to do a good job of uh, playing with leverage, tackling. They're going to run the ball on us a bunch, you know, and then uh, make them earn their yards throwing the ball. You know, it's easier said than done. How do you analyze game feel? They, they clip it off and just like that. Those are such a talent gap. 
all formations are formations. You know, plays are plays. And you compare it to what they did last year. You know, their defensive coordinators at Alabama last year. So, you know, we've done some similarities, obviously, between what they did last week and what he did when he was the defensive coordinator at Alabama. So, you know, the, 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 the special teams coordinator was at Kansas and Bowling Green and Arkansas State. You know, so you look at those tapes as well. These are things that you work on in the summer and then you compare it to what they do in week one. Well, of course, there would be. Yeah, it's, you know, big ball game for us. But our, our, our deal is, we, you know, we want to win every week. You know, and that's, you know, we want to be 1-0 every week. So it's going to be a tremendous challenge. You know, we're going to have to play. We're going to play better than what we did last week. Part of its first game, I, I really do. I think leverage is part of the first game. You think you got the guy on your left shoulder and he crosses your face, and that's when the big plays occur. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot of that was was week one. You know, you just you can't tackle as much as you'd like to in preseason camp. You know, it's you got to you got to be smart with the drills that you do to tackle, and, but it's hard to replicate space tackles, and that's what you know. You get better at it as the preseason progresses. Were you happy with the max? Yeah, I thought in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter, I thought we really ran the ball well. You know, I thought Makai Hughes had some excellent runs. I thought, uh, uh, you know, uh, obviously as a, uh, a big fumble we had in there, but uh, otherwise, I thought uh, I thought the guys ran pretty good. You know, there's that's another thing. You know, you. You, know, you rep, you know, you do a lot of inside drill and a lot of team run, and you do it in scrimmages, but it's a little bit different, you know, you know what, what you're looking at and where your, you know, your path is when you're running the football, and, and I think those guys are going to, you know, uh, learn from week one. Played some good backs. Really good back. You know, I, he went over 1,500 yards. He's one of the top backs in the nation. Really uh, an excellent back. This will, you know, be, if not the best, one of the, the best running backs in the nation. Corey Blunt had a good team. We got two starter caliber guys that aren't him, but for depth, and some of the other guys are going to have to. Yeah, they're going to have to. You bet. Uh, you know, Jared Small. You know, Jared was in line to start at LSU uh, and uh, got hurt you know, a couple years ago, and he, he got. It's good. He got in there and he got to play last Saturday. Uh, Mandel Eugene, uh, we've got some really good freshman linebackers. So some guys are going to have to step up. We're going to have to have some, some more guys uh, play at that position. Have you thought much about, and maybe the cotton ball helps with this, but, um, you know, players can't, there's no way to kind of get the players to ignore the fact that this is one of the biggest games ever in the stadium, maybe the biggest. So you want to right manage their energy and focus. You want it to be right discipline level. You think that maybe having had a lot of guys go through the platform. You know, I think that might help them a little bit. I, you know, obviously a conference championship game is, is huge. You know, last year, so 
lot of them experience that, but I'm, I'm very consistent in, in my preparation every week. Hopefully that carries over to the guys. You know, this is, uh, you know, I'm, I try to have the same demeanor as I did when, uh, you know, when I was at Plain Junior College and head coach and we're playing Cisco in front of 50 people. You know, that's what you get out there, you got to block out all that stuff. Everybody good? Oh, really excited. I've, I've talked to him quite a few times and uh, really proud of him. And he's pumped and, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, that's going to be really exciting. He's, uh, he's had a great preseason camp and I know he's looking forward to his first, you know, uh, opportunity to play in the NFL and comes at home. So it's a neat deal for him and his family. And that's Tulane head coach Willie Fritz talking a little bit about um, the injury situation. Just didn't say a whole lot about quarterback Michael Pratt. I think he will go, but I think anyone anyone that watched that South Alabama game understands that Michael Pratt's got a little bit of an injury. We'll see how much he can go on Saturday. thought it was interesting, too, that he talked about how excited his team was. And this is a big game. Look, he's won a lot of games, and he's a phenomenal head coach. And it's an opportunity for sure for Tulane, and uh, really interesting to get to hear from him. Uh, they look to envision a loss that they had in Oxford just a couple of years ago, but biggest game on campus in the history of the stadium. I don't think there's any doubt about that. We're here from Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin after the break. As we get you ready for Ole Miss versus Tulane on Saturday, we'll be back in a minute. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code Believe50, B L E A V 50, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. But online where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Aldison Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or quite frankly anywhere in Mississippi, that is your go-to. Remember, real estate industry since 2003. Looking for that special ag property, maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate family realestate.com and Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate to Oxford. Part of the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor, 662-234-5555 or call her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson, and a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. 
The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, t-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. Hi, this is Brad Logan. The Grove Collective's mission is to support, elevate, and protect the well-being of all our student-athletes through a wide range of NIL opportunities and initiatives at Ole Miss. The Collective was established to deliver a best-in-class NIL experience that is worthy of the student-athletes who give their all for Ole Miss. This consolidated and sustainable model provides premium access and experiences between our members, corporate partners, and our athletes. To support all Ole Miss athletes and their NIL platforms, visit thegrovecollective.com. That's the grovecollective.com. Join our team, become a member today. If you're looking for the perfect game day outfit for the Grove, look no further than the Rogue in Jackson. Live in Oxford? No problem. Go to therogue.com and shop the collegiate section, and there you'll find Horn Legend Peter Millar, the best selection of Rebel Game Day clothing, celebrating 56 years of business and a sponsor of the Grove Collective. When you're in Jackson, Go by the road, 4450 I-55 North in the capital city. An extensive collection of sports coats, suits, shirts from brands like Peter Millar, Tom Beckby, Brax, Jack Victor, Mark Digman, and others. And when you stop by the store in Jackson, and that's where you'll see the best selection of Rebel Game Day clothing. That's the Rogue, 4450 I-55 North in Jackson. Go by and tell them that you heard about it on the Believe It Ole Miss podcast. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. Let's hear from Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin as he met with the media on Monday, the week of the Tulane game. All right, recapping the game. Um, anytime that you, you know, win a game seventy-three to seven, a lot of things have to go right. Like I said afterwards, feel like our guys played with really good energy and um, execution. So that was great to see because first game of the season, like I've said, it's almost like an expansion team. So many new players. Um, I was impressed by the players to do that because there's a lot of things that go into football about <laughs> execution and substitutions, communication when you got new coaches, new players. Um, I was very pleased with that. So it'll be a big challenge this week. Going to play a top 25 team, Cotton Bowl champs. Um, I said, you know, they ask about nine game SEC schedule, so this is really of nine-game SEC schedule because this is a SEC football team um, with that type of talent. So I would be able to beat the Heisman Trophy winner a few games ago. 
So, <clears throat> and going on the road, it's always challenging, especially with a new team. So, we'll have our hands full and have to perform really well and practice really well this week. Kind of like you fielded a question about Michael Trigg over the weekend. We noticed, uh, at least I did, uh, Braylon Brown wasn't suited up either for the first half, but ended up making pretty good play in the second half. What, what can you tell us about that? Um, I think you missed that on the on the um, dressing out. That was not the case. Um, so he did a good job, played some of the special teams, and, and made a good catch on a seam route. So um, it was a really good job. Lane saying on the topic of uh, Tulane, you faced the same quarterback two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And although your team had a lot of success against him two years ago, just how do you feel like he's different as a quarterback back then versus the quarterback that you've seen on film currently? Well, every year is different for every team. And um, two years ago certainly means nothing. They were 2-10 and ten that season. Um, I thought they were going to um, have a really good season. They took Oklahoma, if you remember, right before us, down to the last series and had the ball going down to beat Oklahoma. So but much different team now that's had a lot of success after last year's um, what, 12 wins and playing at a really high level. And the quarterback basically played as well as you can on air uh, last week with one, one incompletion. So he's very savvy, veteran, sharp, accurate, really good player. Just looking at the depth chart here, uh, last week Jackson and Spencer were listed as, as co-starters. There's no or there this time. Can you take us through that decision? Yeah, Jackson played really well. And like I've said, had a really good camp in spring. And so <clears throat> he's the starting quarterback. And um, said all along, we're extremely excited about that room, that depth in the room. Um, Walker came in, played really well, made some really good throws in the game too. So you know, I always say each in the team, each position group is its team within itself, and our goal is each year to improve that in the offseason, and um, that position has been dramatically improved, uh, like you saw the play from all three guys that went in. Kind of alluded to it in your opening statement, but when the game like Saturday gets as one-sided as quickly as it does, when you all go back and look at the film, what, what, how do you all kind of approach that film? What boxes do you kind of start looking to check at that point? Well, it doesn't matter what the score is. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter if there's anyone in the stands. You can't let that dictate how you play. And for the most part, our guys did a really good job. Always concerned about those type of games when it's going that way of coming out flat in the third quarter, which we have done here before in some blowout games. So <clears throat> I was very pleased for a new team to do that. Uh, you talked about him Saturday, but getting to look at him on film, just what did Sunterine kind of stand out in his first game, first atmosphere like that? Yeah, he was one of the defensive players of the game. Um, really was dynamic. Actually played really hard on special teams, had a good block on the punt return for a touchdown. So um, he was as advertised. Did, and you don't always know that. Guys are ranked high in recruiting. Doesn't mean they're going to perform really well, especially in their first game. And uh, he, he did a great job. Whatever you're into, you'll find more of it in the Google app. Just open the app to discover more of what matters to you, like DIY, fitness trends, the arts, and more, all without having to search. Download the Google app today.
I think you kind of subtly mentioned it kind of in the middle of fall camp. You're talking about competition at kicker. You saw Caden Davis and Caden Costa do some things Saturday. Of course, Caden Davis or yes, Caden Davis taking care of most of the duties with you know PATs, field goals, and then kickoffs as well. Is you do you see that as kind of a primary role for Caden Davis and all that, or do you feel like it's going to be kind of a week by week thing when it comes to special teams? Yeah, I think those guys have done a great job. They both kicked off well and both um, have proven to make field goals and. Um, so again, kind of like what we talked about position groups, usually you don't say that with kickers, you know, to make that room better in the off season, uh, has been great. And it's exciting to have both those guys. Very rare. What was Jackson's reaction when you, when you named him the starter, either Friday or Saturday, fr either Friday night or Saturday morning? Um, I, I don't know. I think, um, you'd have to ask him. Um, I don't think it was a. A big reaction. I think that he just, you know, he's been here long enough to know that you teach him control what you can control and be ready to play. And it's out of your control how many snaps you get to play. You know, that's a, that's our decision, and um, we don't always expect you to agree with it. Tell the players, but we expect you to respect it and go go play really hard, regardless of what your role is. Coach, did anybody kind of jump off the tape that you weren't really expecting uh, of your first? 50 guys? Well, I thought you saw Caden Lee come in and do well. Um, I thought Vic, Vic played really well to play left tackle and right tackle in the game. Um, he did a really good job. And somebody that had actually played guard a lot in camp. So that was really good to see. And I mentioned Walker coming in, you know, for really didn't get any game plan reps. Uh, to come in and do that well was awesome. Special teams unit made a handful of plays on Saturday. Just your initial thoughts on them on the weekend. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job. Um, I think, like you said, first time in 10 years, a punt return for a touchdown, and then to get the turnover on a kickoff. Um, and sometimes you kind of luck into turnovers. They drop it or muff it, you know, to force it the way that Jam did. And, you know, that's a really good example of what we're wanting guys to do. Guys come here a lot of times with expectations. You know, everybody wants to play. Well, everybody doesn't get to, and – doesn't work out that way, unfortunately. And so, um, you know, you got to seize your opportunities when they're on special teams, just like if you were in the NFL, you would. And so I thought he that was he was a great example of that because I'm sure he'd, he'd like to carry the ball more, but that just wasn't the case. Lane, on, on film, what, what level of cohesion did you see from that defense with, with all of its new pieces? Not very much on the first play. Um, so <clears throat> I did think for a lot of moving parts, guys coming in and, and really a completely new defensive structure, you know, to play 3-4, um, with basically two outside backers and Cedric being one of those, um, you know, was totally different than what we had played before. So I thought guys did a really good job. Coach, what do you think the impact of Kyron Heath was in week one, and what do you think his role is moving forward? And Kyron really did a great job, stepped up, made plays, um, you know, for somebody who had not played a lot in significant roles before um, to go out there and start. Uh, he did a really good job. Great to see. What does a challenge with Tulane in week two do for kind of helping you evaluate where your team is at? Uh, I'm not worried about evaluating. I'm worried about trying to go beat a top 25 team. So, um, you know, this is not an evaluation game. You know, going into, a, you know, on the road for the first time with our team 
and into one of the hottest teams in the country and probably the hottest quarterback in the country off of almost being perfect last week. So um, I would actually like another evaluation game, but we're, that's not what this is, certainly. And then how long has Juice been working on retrieving that kicking tee? Yeah, I can't take any credit for it. I didn't even know <clears> – <throat> this sounds crazy. I didn't even know it was happening. So I actually was coming out <clears throat> and getting ready for the first kickoff and coming down, and I actually saw it. They didn't even tell me. So Wild Rose and Tom that trains him, um, I'd seen him go out there and do it with, like, ducks. I didn't know he was doing it with a kicking tee. So I uh, actually happened to be going right by when it happened. So um, that was pretty neat. But, su but surprisingly, I did not have anything to do with that, and I didn't know it was even happening. Sure, you probably haven't spent too much time pondering on it, but you alluded in the beginning about Tulane being an SEC level team, and you look at where they were a decade ago versus now, coming off of a Cotton Bowl, um, having a quarterback of that caliber, and all that. What do you feel like you could best attribute to kind of the turnaround of Tulane football the past couple of years? I don't know where they were a decade ago, but two years ago they were two and ten. So amazing job um, by Willie turning them around like that, and um, I mean that's his. Sure, got to be the, one of the biggest turnarounds in the history of college football in one year. So, uh, obviously, really good coaching, and it's got good players. And uh, usually, if you're going to have that turnaround, it usually means you have a good quarterback, too, which they do. Lane, uh, Xavion Harris flashed a lot Saturday. It was, was he as consistent as he was flashing? Yeah, that was exciting to see. Um, you know, to have young high school Mississippi players making plays. Um, you know, he, he was a player of the game, too. So, <clears throat> along with Get, who he mentioned, and then um, Cedric. So, that was really uh, awesome to see him make those type of plays and, and be that type of force. And that was Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin earlier this week talking to the media about, number one, the Mercer game, but, of course, the main thing, the two-lane game upcoming. And it's, of course, happening down in New Orleans, a kickoff of 2.30 on ESPN2. It's going to be hot, but it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be chock full of fans. I think, you know, people are talking about how, you know, Tulane's going to outnumber Ole Miss fans. I get all that. I mean, it's it's not a very big stadium. Ole Miss only got 3,000 tickets. But, gosh, I've heard so many people that are going, and uh, everybody that I've talked to, you know, pretty much got tickets on the secondary market. So, it wouldn't surprise me to have maybe five to to 8,000 Ole Miss fans in the stands. It really wouldn't. It's going to be a lot of fun, and the season starts. And then, of course, the Rebels will come home next week. It'll be a big game as Georgia Tech comes in. They'll be better than they were last year under Brent Key, as obviously Jeff Collins was fired. But it's a night game, and Ole Miss fans love a night game. 6.30 inside Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. It'll be a lot more interesting, of course, if the Rebels win. But we'll have all the post-game reaction and all the calls as Ole Miss faces Tulane down in New Orleans. We'll have everything for you covered right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network.
You've been listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at BradLoganCOTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion, to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.